And we're recording. We're back for another podcast, episode 27. I'm Samuel Finlay, aka Sizzle. Sitting across from me is my co-host. It's your boy, Simon Quinn again, guys, also known as Quinny. Back for episode 27. Let's get it. I'm really keen for this episode. Big, big guest coming on today. So let's get into it. Yeah, that's right. Let's let's introduce him. We do have a guest, friend of the podcast, Taylor Goodall. Introduce yourself. Mate, so stoked to be here, boys. I've uh, been a bit of an avid listener of you guys and um, love your content. So, uh, yep, I'm a uh, big Taylor Goodall, as, <laughs> as uh, SQ likes to call me. Um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm really keen to, to get involved in some sport talk. Um, yeah, I've, I've known you boys for a while and really keen to, to catch up with you guys and talk some sport that we all love. And you're a bit of a podcaster at the moment. You know, you've been on a number of podcasts as of late. Talk to us about that. Mate, it's my full-time job now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Just for being involved, um, like I said to you boys, that we run um, the commissioner of my uh, fantasy league down here uh, runs the Astro League podcast. Um, Basically, he started it just as a couple of podcasts just to get involved and, and tell everyone about the specifics of the league that we run because it's actually 16 teams and there's a few different point scoring ways. So he thought it'd be good to talk about specifics, but it blew up and now all of a sudden there's about 18 episodes and um, I've got involved in about half of them, I think. So I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I've always had so much sort of sports knowledge to burst out of me that this is sort of a platform for it. So I'm really keen. Nice. And we're going to talk fantasy for the majority of this podcast. But before we talk fantasy, we could talk uh, real life NFL. So you're a Titans fan. Uh, how did you become a Titans fan? I am, mate. And up until last year, probably wasn't the best team to be going for. We, <laughs> we, had, we had a pretty big uh, long period about playoffs there for a while. And um, at, for, to go back to the start of it, to be honest, it was more based off um, video games. When a lot of people say that, but it really was around the 99, 2000s. Um, I think I was playing some video games with your brother, SQ, buddy, Quinny. Um, hey, we were playing uh, 2K, what was it, 2K Zero. I don't know, I can't remember what you call it, around 2000. There's a lot of them. There's been a lot. But yeah, it was either Madden or one of those. But um, Eddie George and Steve McNair, my absolute boys. I... I just used to be the Titans. It was around the same time I remember the Titans, the movie. Um, so it just all, all collided into one. And it just made me want to be a Titans fan. And and the, the oh man, the Super Bowl back then where they lost by a yard, um, even though that sounds like a really bad story, it just made me want to stick with them and um, be a fan. So, yeah, like I said, a few different things. The movie, Steve McNair and Eddie George. Eddie George is still my favourite running back of all time. Um, I've just yeah stuck with them ever since, uh, and yeah, I just, I just really enjoy watching that team. I I like going for a team that not a lot of people go for. Um, it's similar to the NBA with the Mavs. You know, there aren't a lot of fans in Australia of either of those teams. It's kind of good going for a team that not a lot of people are supporting. You don't want to be a Patriots guy or <laughs> you know you know Lakers or something like that or the Warriors when they were going through their dynasty. So. I like going for that team that if they win the title, you know, you really earned it. For sure. What do you think about the, the Titans uh, this season? You know, obviously you had a pretty good run last year. Um, Derek Henry there had a massive season. You've signed him to a big deal there going forward. Uh, you know, Tanner Thrill, 
he's there as well. What's your, your thoughts on, on your team heading into the season in a few weeks? Oh, so you start on Tanfrill. What a <laughs> what a weapon that bloke was. I had, when they signed him, I thought it was the most nothing signing you could ever think of. I just thought we were just going to stick with Marcus and just just run through the season, just going nine and seven or eight and eight like we normally do. Um, and honestly, in those first six games, I thought we were going to go three and thirteen the way it was looking. Um, I've never actually been more excited about Titan season. Um, I did have that worry that we were going to have a bit of a drop-off after how we finished last year, but I just don't see that happening. The only, I guess, weaknesses we lost are O-lineman Jack Conklin. Um, that might hurt a little bit, but I, Derek Henry is just going to bust through a wall. Like, there is absolutely nothing that's going to stop that bloke. If he needs to, he'll just run the other way and no one's going to stop him. He's just, he's going to be like the guy from Happy Gilmore. Like, <laughs> massive dude. Just, just, <laughs> that's, that's my jacket. Like, he's just going to go absolutely nuts. <laughs> I believe well, that's I, Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> well, I had him in he my fantasy struck my team foot. last year. And yeah. he, was, uh, he was very tasty for my fantasy team last year. Mate, and like, he's, a, he's always a good pickup in fantasy, even though he doesn't get so much of the reception work. He's just so good. Like you, you could lock him in for 1,500 yards this year, like, and you know he's going to get the work in the red zone. They're, they're a team that likes to run the ball. Um, they're going to hand it off to him. He's going to get 12 to 15, 16 TDs. Like he's just going to be a workhorse again. Um, I, I really have high aspirations for us this year again. Uh, probably more than last year. Like we snuck into the playoffs last year as the wild card. Um, had to beat the Texans in the last week to actually even get in. Uh, that probably wasn't helped by the first six or so, so weeks of Mariotta where we were like two and four or something. Um, so having Tanner Thrill for a whole year, um, he helped Henry massively. I think he pretty much doubled his output with Tanner Thrill instead of, um, instead of Mariotta. Uh, I just think the, the divisions probably dropped off a little bit in terms of the Texans. The Texans, I think, losing Hopkins, um, I reckon they're probably in for a slightly down year. Don't get me wrong, Deshaun can just absolutely ball out, but I think they're going to take a slight step back. I think the Colts might be a little bit better, but I think that division's 100% there for the taking this year. Yeah, another running back I wanted to, to bring up, and this is more so, I guess, for uh, Quinny, uh, because it's for his beloved Saints, and that's, that's right. Alvin Kamara. I think we should... <laughs> we should, we should... <laughs> We should shift to that situation there because, um, yeah, a bit of, bit of news um, lately. Alvin Kamari, he's been sitting out training, uh, hasn't been practicing. Obviously, he's in that situation, similar to Dalvin Cook a little bit there, where, uh, you know, no new contract has been agreed yet. And then reports came out that the Saints are um, considering moving him if, uh, if the right deal comes up. So, Quinny, you're a massive Saints fan. What's your thoughts on this? Firstly, I was not impressed. Uh, <laughs> Alvin Kamara, AK41. He's been huge to the Saints the last three AK years. Dirk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, for me, when <laughs> I, I, got the, <laughs> I got the message to that, like today about it, I think you sent it to me, Sizzle. I've been thinking about it. I'm not worried. You know, the Saints like to, you know, take their time on the contracts that they put together. And considering Joe Mixon just got signed for a big four-year extension to $48 million, I really think AK is going to get his contract very soon. And I know they said they're open to trading him, but I think that's just more so probably to put a bit of pressure on AK to 
probably accept the deal they're offering him. But for me, I'm not worried. AK's, he'll get signed. We look after it. It's our last pretty much year to, it's pretty much win Super Bowl or bust for us this year. We've invested a lot of money in different players. We've been short the last, pretty much the last three seasons. So I think it, this might be Drew Brees' last year. I hope it's not. But for us to be successful to get to the Super Bowl, hopefully we definitely need Alvin Kamara flying. So I think he's got to get signed. I'm not too worried about it at the moment. So if they do trade him as a Saints fan, who would you like to see in return for him? So I don't think well, I don't think they'll trade him for a player at all. I think I'd expect at least maybe a first to like a first or second round pick. And I was just thinking today, well, if we end up trading him, why not just sign Leonard Fournette for a season? He just got released. He's from Louisiana. Get him in there for a year. He's a, he's a good running back. He's been in a tough a few t- you know situations that haven't been great for him. So you know, if we lose Kamara, why not just throw it out there? Let's pick up Leonard Fournette. I mean, Devonte Freeman's out there as well. Again, that's another option too because he'll probably be... I don't think he'll get a big deal either because he's still waiting to be signed. So I don't think either one of them will be getting any kind of massive deals. But to be honest, I don't see it happening. So Saints, get the job done and then we can move on. Yeah, all right. Well, let's move on as well because we've got a lot to get through. So now we'll jump over to fantasy and we had our fantasy draft uh, this past weekend. Uh, the three of us. Tay's joined our league for this year. Welcome, Tay. Thanks for thanks for joining. It'll be good to have you. I know this is your is it your fifth fifth league now? Sixth. Sixth league. Okay, there you go. He's a keen he obviously likes fantasy football. Have you have you had all your drafts or have you still got a few to go? I've got one more. I one of the guys in one of my drafts created a vampire league. I don't uh, know if you guys are familiar. I, yes, yeah. yes, I'm very familiar. It's like, uh, you basically, um, if you become a vampire, you can steal a player off someone that you beat in a certain week. So you're like, someone starts the vampire and you pretty much don't want to be playing against them, but sometimes it just works out that way. And if, if you lose to them, they can steal your best player. But, so it's really up to you. you. You can either decide to not play your best player so they can't be stolen, um, but then you're also taking a risk reward in the fact that, mm. you know, you need your best player to actually beat them. So it's, it's kind of that weird sort of scenario. Um, so it's, it's absolutely going to throw just a massive cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. So who's no, the, have, have you decided who the vampire is going to be? Nah, so that's the only draft I haven't done yet. So okay. they haven't, we haven't really sort of decided that yet. I've got one dynasty league. Um, that I'm in. We did a rookie draft a while ago, about a month or so ago. Um, three of my drafts were actually on Sunday. <laughs> it was it was like bang, bang, bang. It was 10 a.m. It was uh, 1.30, then 3. Um, and the other one was a slow draft style where in one of my leagues, which is 16 teams, uh, we, have a, we, we have a Champions League. So if you're in the top six at the end of the year, you go to the Champions League the year after, sort of like the, the soccer style with the Premier League. Um, so we did a draft for that. It's only six teams, so you know there's players galore. Um, but that was a slow style, so it was over about three days. You, you didn't have a clock to actually oh. pick. Right, right. Well, you're going to be busy this year, fantasy. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, tell me about it. So you're full time podcaster, full time fantasy uh, player as well. Small time Taylor's wines rep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is meant to be my actual job. <laughs> Taylor from Taylor's Wines for anyone out there. <laughs> well, let's Lovely. jump. Let's jump into our draft. Uh, 
first of all, I mean, like, you know, we can go through our teams uh, if we want, but, uh, you know, how do you, how do you guys uh, think we all stacked up against each other? Uh, you know, Tay, you had the first pick in the draft and you went uh, CMC, which is, you know, pretty uh, easy pick for you there. Whereas Quinny and I had a bit of a tougher decision there. I ended up going with Dalvin Cook, despite that contract um, not being sorted out. I, I'm still a little bit nervous about that. And Quinny, you went with uh, Chubb. Oh, Nick Chubb, yeah. Chubb was your first, first pick there. So who are some of the players um, you guys like that you picked up? And um, yeah, I mean, maybe go through your teams a little bit. So I'll tell you, you yeah, go first. You're the guest. Yeah, I, like I said, I went off a real outlier and went McCaffrey. That was a huge shock to everyone. <laughs> going, going number one. But I, um, it was funny doing this league because it's only 10 teams. It was so different to my 16-team league. I, mm. I actually felt like I had the ability to play a bit of a draft game in this league where, you know, if people that I liked were a little bit further away in ADP, average draft position, um, I could actually leave them. Whereas in the 16-team league, if you wanted a guy, you just had to get him. Right? It didn't matter how far away they were. Um, but like I said, I went McCaffrey, um, came back around to me, and I went David Johnson, who's a guy I actually really like this year. Um, he, he's, like I said, he sort of fell out of favour at Arizona, but there are so many vacated targets in that offence with Hopkins going that I really like the... Houston Texans options at the moment for, for Watson because we all know Watson's going to eat. He's going to he's going to sling it. He's going to do whatever he can to win games for him. And I, I really like David Johnson. You know they they had Carlos Hyde run for a thousand yards last year. Yeah. If he can do it, anyone can. So <laughs> if, if David so Johnson gets a thousand yards and gets way more receptions than him, he's a very viable RB two. Um, I'll just quickly sort of run now. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, I'm excited to have Calvin Ridley. I talked to him up a few weeks ago on that Astro pod that I, um, I, I filmed a few weeks ago. Um, and I'm glad to have him in. I just think Atlanta has just so many looks. I, I didn't mind Hayden Hurst as a tight end lower option. Um, Atlanta just slings it. Matt Ryan is probably one of the better quarterbacks you want to play with. Uh, I think the gap between Julio and him closes. Not completely. I still think Julio's the one. Don't get me wrong. But I think Calvin Ridley is going to take that step forward. And he's probably that guy that might step into that position like Godwin did last year, where he was that guy that sort of broke out and became pretty much the one. So I think he's an option. Um, (laughs) I won't speak too much about the other guys, but I've got some guys lower end in wide receiver that I was really happy to get. Um, Brandon Cooks for the same reason yeah. I think Texans he's been great every single year he's been in the league except the last year which is all because of concussion yeah. it wasn't his it wasn't his body breaking down it was just the fact that he got a bit unlucky with some concussion protocols and he had to sit out a lot of games he's ready to go this year I think he's the wide receiver one on a team that just lost their wide receiver one I think he has so much potential to get so many of the receptions from Deshaun Watson. It's not funny. So he's one I really like. Um, I was stoked to get Kelsey as a tight end one. I, I don't normally go high on tight end. Um, we'll stoked there. Got Kyler Murray as my QB. Probably don't need to talk too much about him. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave the last guy because I'm going to mention him later. So okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave that as my rundown of my team. I've, 
Pretty so, much, I like everyone. I like everyone on my team. Put it that way. Well, something <laughs> well, that, that's good. That's what you want. But uh, something I wanted to ask you about because most people sort of say this year, especially, you know, you want to go running back, running back. Uh, in most cases, obviously the draft fell to you in a different way. You know, you went running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then running back again. Talk us through that. Was that just the, you know, the place where you you fell, where the players fell, where, you know, you needed to take a wide receiver because there was no other running back that you really liked at that position? Or um, was this more of a strategic choice? Uh, so this was me, like I mentioned, playing the ADP game. So I, I feel like there was a huge break around the 18th, 19th pick where I felt like the run, running back sort of fell off a cliff a little bit. Like, if you went past Miles Sanders, I didn't like a lot of the guys after that, like Carson and Melvin Gordon, like, et cetera. Whereas I liked David Johnson over those guys, but he was about seven or eight picks away. So I played the game where I said, you know what? I'm going to take Godwin, who I am just massively got a huge boner for this year. I think he's going to absolutely kill it. <laughs> and then I, I got two picks in a row. So I said, you know what, this is where I take a little bit of a gamble when I go, Kelsey is my tight end one, because on that Chiefs offense, he's just a no-brainer. But I don't normally do that. But because I saw David Johnson, you know, seven or eight spots down in the running backs, I felt like there was a chance he comes back to me. Um, obviously, it changes if he didn't. But I played that game that I would get through 20 picks without him being taken, and it, it worked. So... I, it saved me having to take David Johnson with my second or third pick. I was able to actually take some other guys that I wouldn't normally that would have probably been taken by other players. Um, so, yeah, that like I said, it's the game I wanted to play in Astro in the 16-team league. Couldn't, but I found a way to do it in the team-team league. <laughs> and, and moving over to your team, Quinny, now you, you were running back, running back, and then you were one of the those guys that took the Patrick Mahomes, you know, there's obviously the two quarterbacks there, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson that, you know, they're the only two that you'd really take early when you can still sort of take wide receivers and, and running backs. You know, talk us through that decision and then talk us through, I guess, some of the players you like in your team. Yeah, so, yeah, for me, I was pick nine. So I was a bit, I was towards the end of the order. So I had the, you know, I'd have to wait a little bit to take my pick, but then I get a, like a, my second pick like straight away, like a few picks later, which was really good. And like, like you said, for me, I always went in with the strategy of I always wanted to get a running back than a running back. I think having depth at your running back is so important, especially in fantasy. And, you know, I got Chubb, Nick Chubb. I was glad I got him. I had him last year. He was yeah, huge right. for me, so I had to get him again. And then obviously Aaron Jones was available, so I just went for it because he obviously had about 16 rushing touchdowns last year. So his red zone carries... I think, perfect, he was the, so. I think he was finished running back number two overall. Yeah, so he, he finished really high last year. So I had to get him. And then I saw that um, the guy before me got Lamar Jackson. And then I was like, you know, I know it's a bit early to get a quarterback, but I feel like if I didn't get Mahomes, I reckon the next person would have picked him up. Because, you know, if Mahomes, he's pretty much, if not, he's, he's pretty much arguably the best quarterback to have in fantasy. He always puts up stats. Puts up big numbers. I had him two seasons ago and he killed it for me. And I made the terrible decision of uh, trying to trade him <laughs> for someone else to get a running back. And then I had Drew Brees, who was also having a good year. Um, but I just think for me, I know they always say don't go a QB too early. But I think if Mahomes is sitting there, he's not going to last very long. And I had to go for it. So 
I risked, I kind of took the risk of not getting maybe like the elite wide receiver one, but I'm hoping the ones that I picked up have some breakout years or some, obviously if Odell Beckham Jr., I picked him up. So I'm hoping he has a bounce back season. And then DJ Metcalf, he's also got potential to be pretty good. Like there's not, he's only, he doesn't have too much competition with Seattle. So I think he'll get his, just as many targets. He played a majority of the snaps last season. So I just had to go off my homes. You know, I need money my homes. We know how he does it. He'll get me he'll get me some serious points. And then I know Tay mentioned before he wasn't high on Melvin Gordon. But I thought, why not? I picked him up. I got him a bit later, which was good. So I didn't get him too early, but he's my flex option. So I was super happy with that. Because he also has the potential to have a bounce back season. And then I'm pretty happy I got Marlon Mack on my bench too, who's another kind of solid running back. So overall I was pretty happy with my team. And you know, if Mahomes is there, you've got to go for it. Yeah, I mean, my, my only question to you would be about today, I, and I sent you uh, the link of this story about the, the Packers and how they're, they're considering a, a running back by committee situation there, which I think, you know, I mean, I think they sort of did that before Aaron Jones sort of emerged as this, you know, talent, talented uh, running back there. And they've sort of said that they're, they're going to be doing that again this season. Is that something that worries you with your number two pick there, Aaron Jones, even though, he, you know, he had such a breakout year last year? AJ Billen. So, yeah, so <laughs> I'm, not, I was, I'm not feeling completely disheartened because I still feel like he arguably will still be their number one running back. I feel like he'll get bulk touches. And it's, I feel like it might be similar to like the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt sort of role. So Chubb's out there most of the time and then Hunt does come in for a few plays. So I know I was a bit, it kind of sucked because he's obviously picked him so early, even though that's where he was probably ranked anyway. So I got him when he was supposed to be drafted. But after saying that, you got to free Adam Jones. We can't, you can't be giving me this running back by committee rubbish. Like he had a big season last year, kind of a breakout year. So I'm hoping that they just feed the beast, just keep feeding him. Hopefully, they maybe they might start off maybe trying to do running back by committee for a bit. But as long as he gets those red zone touches like he did last year, I'll, get, I'll take those touchdowns. But fingers crossed, that doesn't happen. Yeah, and like I said, last year, he was one of the best running backs in all of fantasy. So it'd be, it'd be an interesting to... I mean, obviously, fantasy isn't the, the, real, uh, the real life NFL, but it would be interesting if he took a bit of a step back there um, and they did go by committee. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, well, well, then I'll quickly go through my team, I guess. So I had the number five pick uh, there. So I was in that, that position where I was probably going to land on, it was either going to be Kamara or Cook. Uh, then I, I, was, I, I wanted to get Kamara. I was hoping Cook went before me um, just because at that point, Cook's, whole contract seemed a little bit more of a um, sticky situation. Obviously the Kamara news has changed that and it looks like they're both in a bit of the same boat, maybe cook less, less uh, so because there's been no talks about trading him and he has sort of come out and said that he's all in uh, regardless of the, the, the contract there. But yeah, I was in a bit of a bit of a tough situation with there with that. My first pick, I almost went with uh, King Henry Tay. I almost took him oh. with my first pick. I was very close. Nothing right, wrong with that pick. Uh, <laughs> almost did it, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I am definitely nervous about that that Dalvin Cook uh, situation there. You know, he was a beast last year, 
um, after, you know, coming off that injury the year before. I actually had him the year he was injured. And um, despite him not playing a lot of games, he was pretty good towards the end of the season. I actually uh, won that uh, won that, uh, that year. Quinny remembers very well. <laughs> I was the champion. Uh, I always bring it up. Um, but yeah, I went, I went running back, running back. Yeah, I, exactly right. You know? <laughs> easy schedule. He had an easy schedule towards the end of the season. <laughs> here we go. And, and you know what? We'll do something here, Tate. I actually won that league. And in the final, I played Baker Mayfield as my quarterback. Yeah. That's, but, I, um, I was in a league where the guy had Baker Mayfield for the entire season and he won the league last year. Wow. So. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, the year that the, the two years ago when I won it, I had Cam Newton, my quarterback, throughout. And then he didn't play the last last game so I had to throw in had to stream for, for the final and Baker Mayfield I threw him in there ended up just winning that there but uh focusing on on this year uh yeah like I said I went running back running back running back uh and I was pretty close quitting like with my third pick I picked Chris Carson there uh and then two picks later uh Lamar Jackson went so I was very very close to instead of having Carson there taking Jackson or Mahomes. I was sort of going into the draft thinking that I wanted to take a good good quarterback. Uh, last year, I, I didn't have a great quarterback and I, I didn't want to be in that same situation um, where I wasn't, wasn't happy with my quarterback. Um, but, you know, how, how it fell, Carson was a player I sort of wanted um, and it, it just sort of fell fell to me there as well. So I was pretty happy to go uh, pretty heavy on the three running backs there. Austin Eckler, I, I picked him up with my number two pick. I think now that Melvin Gordon has left, he's going to, you know, he was great last year. Um, and I think he's going to have an even better uh, season this this year as well. So I'm excited for for him. And, um, you know, someone I picked up uh, quite late, uh, I'm hoping has a good season. That's Antonio Gibson from Washington there. Uh, they've, they've sort of said that, He's the backup running back um, at the moment to Adrian Peterson, but you know he's a rookie, and they've said, you know, in training camp he's looked really good. I mean, I think there's been comparisons to Christian McCaffrey. So, anyone's com- compared oh, to him, I like. Uh, and you know, I, I feel like he's a player that could break through and have a really good rookie season. So that's someone I'm, I'm really excited for. And I, I didn't really get that. I mean. I don't know about you guys, what you think of DJ Moore. I picked up, picked up him. I, I sort of feel I didn't get that, that stud wide receiver, but I've got some really solid receivers in uh, DJ Moore. Yeah, Robert, it's the same as me. Yeah. Terry McLaurin there. So I'm pretty happy with my team. I, I, outside of, I guess, Cook, you know, contract pending, I don't really have a, a fantasy superstar, but um, I feel like the depth of my team um, is good enough. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for the, for the season to begin. That depth is massive this year too, um, with COVID. Um, yeah. You're going to need guys. It's it's a little bit tougher the fact we've only got a four person bench, but you need guys you're happy with to slot in over other guys because you have no idea they get temperature checked off. I've played NRL Supercoach this year and guys have pulled out late. Um, it's going to be even worse in America because they're absolute idiots and they have Trump as their president. Like, yeah. it's a, they're, they're just going to forget about it, and then all of a sudden it's just going to become an absolute fiasco um there's going to be guys pull out late so you're going to need some depth i um i was going to give just two examples because just to talk about my other leagues um i was going to give you one funny scenario about the 12 team league i was actually staring i was in the five pick um and i was staring i was hoping to get delvin cook 
Right. ESPN, ESPN was the only platform that actually had uh, Kamara behind Cook. So Cook was four, Kamara was five. I'd actually seen it the reverse. So I was hoping Cook would just be ranked five because there was a couple of auto picks in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so when it fell to me essentially being ready to pick Kamara, I actually pivoted to Edward Delaire. So yeah. I, it's actually worked out pretty well because not only is Cook still going through some interesting issues, but you know, Kamara's, you know, going through what he is now. I, like, like SQ said before, I still think the deal gets done with Kamara. I'll, I'll, you'd have to be slightly worried, but there's no incentive for guys to hold out anymore. Like, they're losing out money by holding out now. And it, it doesn't make any sense if you're after more money to hold out and lose money. It's, it's just stupid. So I think, I think a deal gets done. Um, quicker than, than later, so I wouldn't be too worried about it, but honestly I'm so over Edward Delaire that I was just really happy that I got him there anyway even though I pivoted out of the ranks, out of five spot I was still really happy I did it and and just to touch quickly on what SQ said about um, going running back early, it's funny you got to sort of stay water in terms of your leagues, like it's a little bit easier in a 10 team league like we drafted on but in the 16-team league, I found myself in a situation where I wanted to go running back, running back. And like I said earlier, when I was playing the ADP game, I found myself in the second round wanting to go David Johnson, but he was like seven spots away like he was in our 10-team league. So I went Godwin. And then all of a sudden, I had to wait 28 picks. And then by the time I got there, I had to take Ronald Jones as my RB2. So yeah. I, I like Ronald Jones this year, don't get me wrong, but... I didn't want him as my RB2. So you've got to sort of just scope out your league, do some mock drafts and work out what's going to happen. To be fair, mock drafts didn't help in that league because running backs just went so much earlier than everyone predicted. Like It was something like 13 of the first 15 picks were running backs. It was just unbelievable. No one went QB early. It was just insane. So just sort of keep an eye on it. I was lucky enough I did a trade after that. I mentioned to you guys, I yeah. traded to get Edwards Alaire in that league. I traded away Godwin and Mack. Um, I had a lot of wide receiver depth, so um, I was happy to give up Godwin and I ended up with two first round running backs as a case. And now my wide receivers are Chark and uh, Cooks, who I'm really keen on. So I'm pretty happy with that in the 16 team league. Yeah, and you mentioned Edwards Alaire there. He, he went 10th, the, the, the number 10th pick in our draft. I mean, that was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought he would have gone a little bit earlier. Uh, was there any other surprises from the draft that you guys um, thought? Not real, not not so much. Like I wasn't hate, I wasn't incredibly surprised because people are always going to have that worry about a rookie. Um, but I don't know if anyone were looking, anyone was looking into it far enough that every the stars are just aligning for that guy. Third, first round draft picks always go well. Like it's rare that they don't. Even Leonard Fournette who we've just seen what happened to him, he had a pretty good rookie year. But you know what I mean? And he's pretty much the worst-case scenario if you look at first-round running backs in the last five years. And not only is Edward Dallaire a first-round running back, he's ended up in the absolute best position a running back could be. The, the Chiefs utilise their running back in the passing game so much. He has absolutely no one backing him up with Damian Williams opting out. It, it's just a no-brainer to me. Like, that guy's just going to eat. 
even if he has a game where the, the game script takes him away from being a rusher, he's going to be part of the, like the passing game with Mahomes. Has anyone heard of Patrick Mahomes? Oh, yeah. He's probably, if not the best quarterback in the last probably five, six years. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely a solid pick. But I think outside of that, I didn't really see it go too far off what I expected. Um, some people maybe went earlier on picks than I'd seen in other drafts just because it was the 10-team league and you had that ability to sort of wait on guys. But, mm. yeah, I don't know if you saw it any other way, SQ. Yeah, I'm the same. I didn't really notice anything different. Like you said before, just a lot of people getting running backs real early, which is pretty standard. So, no surprises there. All right, well, let's move. That was, that's our fantasy, I guess, draft. But let's just move to fantasy in general. Uh, I've got a list of players here that I'm going to um, throw at both of you. Um, Bring it on. And we're going to do a bit of an over-under. Right. So in what you guys think, whether the player is going to uh, achieve above or below uh, their projections as per uh, ESPN. Uh, so the first player, an, an easy one here, well, maybe not easy, it's probably a hard one, uh, is this is the player you've got, uh, Tay, and that's Christian McCaffrey. So his projections... <laughs> Um, on ESPN, he's projected to get uh, 331 uh, fantasy points this season. Um, so maybe to start with you, Tay, on that one. Over or under? Um, you're going to be surprised to hear this, but I'm probably going to go under. Um, just because there's some slight differences in the team. Obviously, a new quarterback you'd think that's going to be a help because Teddy Bridge is just so much better than the absolute goobers they rolled out last year. But new coach, new system, like the season he had last year was just unbelievable. Like it was just insane for fantasy that it's probably undoable again. Um, I don't think he has to do what he did last year to be the number one pick. I, I didn't get him expecting what I got out of him last year. He has to have a down tick. There's just no way. Um, you've got 16 games. That's that's basically projecting him to get over 20 a game. Um, he, I, I think he's going to have a couple more weaker games than he had last year. I think he had a real bad game week two. And every single game last year, apart from that, was just absurd. So I would actually go under on that. But I'm also not worried about that as a McCaffrey owner. <laughs> I wouldn't be either. Uh, Quiddy, what do you reckon? CMC over or under this season? Uh, I reckon like Tay, I agree with Tay. I reckon it'll definitely be under. I don't think it'll be as much as Tay mentioned. T2 gloves is there, so a new system. Um, he might not get as many touches. They might try to use like their DJ Malls a bit more this season. And I feel like teams maybe might try and figure him out a bit so that he might not have as much impact. But in saying that, he's still... Probably got to finish wide uh, running back one, but yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Lamar Jackson, maybe Quinny, you can go first on this one. Uh, over or under? So he's projected to to be the number one uh, player this this year with three hundred and thirty nine uh, fantasy points. This is ESPN standard as well, um, even though we're playing um, uh, non PPR, but we'll just go with ESPN standard. Over or under, Quinny? For Lamar Jackson? Uh, for Lamar, I'm going to say... I'm going to say he's going to go under that. I don't think he's going to be as ridiculous as he was last season. 
and saying that pretty similar to Christian McCaffrey. Um, there's a whole now, there's a whole season of tape on Lamar Jackson. So I think teams will figure him out a little bit more. And I know they've still got their, um, what's it, starting tight end at the moment? Uh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Yeah, but they also yeah. lost Hayden Hurst. Is that his name, Tay? I think he's in your team. That's short. That's short. No, he's yeah. not in my team because I took Kelsey, but I've got him in a lot of other leagues. Yeah, sorry. So I think, yeah, the fact that now they've lost that other tight end that now plays for Atlanta, I think, from memory. Yes. Um, yes. I feel like that's a le- one target that he's lost. And I know Hollywood Brown, they keep talking him up, but I'm still not sold. And I think he will go under. Okay, Tay? Can you give me the number for his ADPs again? It seemed low. Uh, so, as this is ESPN standard, uh, so he is uh, projections 339. See, that seems... Like, oh. From what I've seen on Lamar, I would agree with SQ. I would go under. I just think his year last year was a complete outlier. Um, I'm just working that out in terms of my math skills. Well, that's only a bit over 20 again. But to me, that seems un- that seems low. <laughs> but I'll, I'll bring it. I won't go off that. I'll go off what people are projecting in general. Um, I I would go under again. I. I just can't – like, Mahomes, to me, has got to be the one this year. I think Lamar Jackson takes a step back. Um, his rushing numbers were absurd. Don't get me wrong, he's, he's great at that, but he can't. you just can't replicate the numbers he did last year. SQ mentioned, like, people are going to have tape on him. I don't know if tape's going to do as great a job as you think because he's an absolute freak of nature and he can sort of get out of the pocket when he needs to. But he's it just it's not – he can't replicate it. I know what they're projecting is still a slight downgrade on last year. They're not idiots. But I think he's going to have a regression. Um, I don't think Baltimore are going to dominate the regular season like they did last year. I think they were just that sort of... They floated in and no one sort of knew how to deal with them for a while there. And then the Titans worked them out in the playoffs. Bang, 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 bang. Um, I, I just... I don't see it happening as bad. I still think he's the... one. Uh, sorry, the QB2... Uh, but I would go under as well in terms of where he's being projected at. All right. Now, this one, we'll start with you on uh, on this one here. We've mentioned him quite a bit on the podcast, but Derek Henry, King Henry, is he going to go over or under? You obviously had a massive season uh, last year, especially for fantasy. Um, so ESPN's got him, his projections for 2020 for 249. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I wouldn't like if I was to say over or under, it wouldn't be very far either way. Yeah. Um, it's a real under episode, but I'm gonna say under mm-hmm. <laughs> again. It's it's more to do this time with how efficient the Titans were in the red zone last year. Um, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it was some like absolutely unreplicable. Like they can't replicate it again. Number in the red zone. And that was to do with Tanner Thrill and him. Like, pretty much every time they went in the red zone, they scored a touchdown. And they just can't do that again. Um, and that caused Henry to get a lot more touchdowns. I think he has a um, he drops a bit in touchdowns. Uh, his his uh, yards was insane too. Um, I don't think it drops a lot, though, because he's going to have Tannehill the whole year. Because he, he didn't have Tannehill the whole year last year. So... I think he's going to get roughly the same rushing yards, maybe slightly less, but I think he goes down in TDs. 
Um, Darrington Evans being there sort of worries me slightly because I think he's that sort of, you know, hip, young guy that they could probably put it in there on third down. I think he's going to take any sort of chance of upside for Henry in terms of the receiving game. I know Henry doesn't normally feature in the receiving game anyway, but if, if they're going to use a guy there, it's probably going to be Evans. So I'm going to say under, but not by much. I would still draft him at his ADP. All right. Quinny? Yeah, I'm going to, so I'm going to have to go with Tay as well. I'm going to say under. Um, but my reason is I think Tanner Thrill, because he's going to be starting the whole season, I think his stats are going to improve. So I don't think they'll – I think he'll be throwing the ball a little bit more. So I think um, King Henry might lose a few touches to that. And then the fact that I think AJ Brown's going to be pretty solid this year. So he might take some of those red zone looks from King Henry. And then like Tay said, the, the, the younger running back coming in, he might get a few more reps as well. So I think he'll go under, but not much. I think just slightly. All right, two more. We'll blast through these two because we've got a bit more to get. Sorry, Sizzle. Just considering it's Titans, I've got one more of a take. Um, (laughs) Just just while it's there. Go for Um, it. People people forget how good Tannehill was in the last few weeks of the season. Mm. Everyone looks at how they did in the playoffs and how they just handed it off to Henry for 250 yards and they assume that's going to happen for the regular season this year coming up. Don't forget the last four, five, six weeks Tannehill had leading into the playoffs. They obviously found a formula in the playoffs to work. That doesn't mean Tannehill doesn't go back to what he did. Like SQ mentioned, he found AJ... um, I was about to say AJ Green. AJ Brown for some absolute monster plays. Like Tannehill was throwing for 250, 300 yards before the playoffs started. So don't forget about that. Don't just assume the Titans are just going to go bang, 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 running plays. Like Tannehill's going to throw. So don't forget about that. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll fire through these last two. Uh, Quinny, this is someone who, who you're going to um, probably want to have first dibs on, and that's Alvin Kamara. Uh, now, this is going to be an interesting one because obviously the, the contract situation there. So uh, as per ESPN's uh, ranks, they've got him uh, projected with 290 uh, points. Uh, what do you reckon, Quinny, over or under amidst the uh, contract situation? Uh, contract situation aside, I'm saying he's going over. Okay. I'm going all in on. I'm going all in on Alvin Kamara this season. He's got to go back to his 27, uh, 2018 form where he was pretty much top five every single week, and he probably I think he finished maybe even second overall in that season. So I think AK's he's not injured anymore. Hopefully they sort out his contract, and then he'll have his motivation. And just to be honest, we've got obviously we've got you can't guard Mike Thomas. We've also got Emmanuel Sanders. But AK, I think, is going to get more touches. He's just too good not to get those touches. He's so, like, you know, he's in the receiving game. He's huge for them. He pretty much, he was their sec. He led them in receptions. Oh, well, second receptions last season, like he has in the previous season. So, I think for me, I'm just going to go all in. I'm saying he's going over. He's going to get more looks. Hopefully, he'll get more touchdowns because, obviously, last season, that's what hurt him a bit. He didn't get as many um, touchdowns and red zone looks. Because we obviously had Latavius Murray um, there. So I think I'm going, he's going over. We've been going under for everybody. I'm just saying he's going over. Give <laughs> him a contract. Give him a contract. <laughs> Let's get it done. Let's get a Super Bowl. Tay, what do you, what do you think? I don't, I don't mean to turn this into us all agreeing, but obviously it's depending on the contract situation. 
I um, assuming he plays week one. I'm actually an over two, and that's surprising because I pivoted away from him in that league that I mentioned the twelve us uh, yeah the twelve team league to go Edward Delaire. I, I just SQ mentioned it quickly there. He he was just unlucky in terms of the way that the the Saints played last year. It was one of those years where it felt like the Saints were just going for breeze records. Like, it felt like even when they were two yards out, Breeze was slinging it to some to Michael Thomas or some garbage man they found off the street they found in the pub as the wide receiver two somewhere. Someone's like, going to catch it, it other than Michael Thomas? Yeah, pretty much it's Michael Thomas or some guy you have never heard of that will probably never play a game ever again. Just somehow just subbed himself into the game in the crowd. and just Taysom Hill. Saints jersey. Taysom like, Hill, yeah. Taysom but there was Hill. just always some absolute goober that just somehow found a way to get a, a receiving touchdown last year or probably for the last couple of years. But um, I, I think, honestly, I reckon they're going to run the ball more this year. There's probably not that many records Breeze can break anymore. <laughs> I just I feel I felt like that that's a hundred percent the direction they took it last year for a bit. Um, mm. You mentioned quickly about how many looks he got in the red zone. I think it was something like I, I don't remember the exact number. I actually mentioned it on the Astros earlier podcast. It, it's some, I think he went from fifteen touches in the red zone to like seven or eight. Like it was some huge regression that he just never got the ability to score a touchdown. And and that was purely probably because Breeze was going for those records. Um, so he just never got the opportunity. Latavius Murray didn't actually pilfer as much off him as you think. I think he had about four um, goes at the, at the red zone. So that to me just shows that the Saints were so all in on the passing game last year that they almost forgot about the rushing attempts in the red zone. So I think that goes up. If he's there week one, I think he goes over his ADP um, just in terms of what they're ranking in terms of points. Once again, like Henry, I don't think it's going to be by a huge amount. That's why I didn't go in because I thought Edward Delaire actually showed, you know, he could break his, he could go, he had a high ceiling, put it that way. Um, I just think Kamara will go over, but just not by a lot. Okay. I like it. Uh, now, just to, to round it out, I had to throw him in there. Uh, Tom Brady, new team. He's not in the Pats anymore. He's, he's, he's got weapons, uh, many TB options 12. there. Uh, TB12, ESPN is projecting he'll get 290. He had a bit of a, a down year last year. Uh, does, does he bounce back this year and uh, go over or under? Uh, Tay, maybe you can start this one. I'm all in. I, I'm all in on Brady. I, some of my mates in my Viber group, can, can uh, laugh at this. When Brady first went there, I pretty much said no one should be hyped about the Buccaneers players. Like, as in, I thought that they would actually have a downtick with Brady over Winston because Winston used to just sling the shot out of that thing because he was down 30 and he just had no idea. He couldn't see. He was seeing four people. Like, he, he just His eyes were just fucking sewed on. He had no idea what he was doing. And... But I actually... He had I'm surgery, Tay. He's all right. He's no, had no, surgery. No, no, he's good now. Don't get me wrong. Get I just more mean for last year. I'm, I'm happy. I actually reckon that's a good signing for them. I think he actually will get better. But in terms of the Buccaneers players, I wasn't all in on them early, whereas other people were. They just thought they just figured Brady going there to go, you know, they're going to they're gonna be better. Um, there's certain guys 
that I like in that team and others I don't. Like, I don't like Mike Evans. I know, sorry, I'm going off a side tangent. You asked me about Brady, but I'm just, I'll get there quickly. Oh. Um, I don't like Evans because I don't like Brady's deep ball, but I love Godwin because he's in the slot and I see a lot of like 10, 15 yard receptions for the Bucks this year. Um, Brady, though, I really like him this year because he has never had the weapons. Well, I say never, but in a long time, he has never had a Godwin and Evans to throw to. Um, he's got a you know a mixture of Gronk and OJ Howard at tight end. Oh, he's never he hasn't had those weapons in a long time. He's gonna want to prove to Belichick that the Pats weren't because of Belichick. The Pats were because of him. You know he's gonna want to buck the whole thing about Belichick saying it was a system that won them all those titles. He's gonna have a massive chip on his shoulder. And I think he goes over what they're projecting because, you know, man, if he finds Godwin for a couple of, like, you know, say eight or nine TDs, I still think, even though I don't like Evans, I think Evans has more TDs. I just think Godwin just absolutely dominates in receptions. Um, I just think he has to have a far better year than last year because he was, like I said, garbage men at the Buddy Saints at RB, uh, sorry, at running back two to, to 10. God, the guys he was throwing at last year, they, they could not catch. Sanu went there from Atlanta and, you know, he just did nothing. Nikhil Harry was meant to be a weapon and he just did nothing. Julian Anderman I actually like and he was the only guy that could actually catch a pass. Um, yeah, I, I look, I just think Tom Brady goes forward. Quinny? Yeah, I'm just going to be quick on it. I reckon he goes over. He has, like Tay said, he's got Godwin, who I had last year, who I loved. I also had Calvin Ridley last year as well, who I loved. And Tay has both of them, so I might have to send him a trade later. Uh, and saying that, he's got Gronk. He's got, obviously, OJ Howard's not a scrub. He's good. Cameron Braid as well. Tay didn't mention him before, but he's also another solid tight end. Gronk's there, but he'll get a few catches. And you also got Shady McCoy. He's there as well. So I think he goes over. All right. Well, there you go. Um, there's some over-unders. We'll have to uh, look back at these when the, the season's over and see how uh, you guys did there. <laughs> we um, agree with each other the whole way. Yeah, <laughs> we really did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was hoping for, you know, a bit of back and forth there between you two. Uh, sorry, man. You know? That's all right. It's not first take, so we're, we're fine. Um, all right. Now moving on to uh, one player, and I'll get involved in this as well, uh, but... I want to know who you guys expect big things from this fantasy season. And I, I want you to pick a, a breakout player uh, each. Any position, it doesn't matter. Um, Tay, as you're our guest, I'll, I'll let you um, kick us off. Who's your breakout player for the, the, the season coming up in fantasy? Well, this is very much dependent on his health. So the guy <laughs> I'm picking is probably more of a week one sort of guy that I'm looking at as a start, especially if the situation he's in. But if he stays healthy, he is going to destroy the shite out of his ADP. Like, you know, he, he got drafted as the wide receiver 40-odd. And I could actually see if he stayed healthy, he would be, you know, somewhere in the 10 or 20 range. Um, it's Djax, Deshaun Jackson, Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver. Um, I'll just run you through why I sort of like him at the moment. Like, it, there is no one there. Like, the only person that was there was Jalen Rager. And he's just torn his labrum, so he's out for at least two to four weeks, if not longer. They'll probably err on the side of caution with him because he's a rookie. Um, it's a him and Ertz. But 
if someone gets a touchdown, I don't understand how it's not him or Ertz. He broke out for 20-odd points last year and then got injured. Like, we all know about that. He's playing the Washington football team. Like, don't give me a <laughs> that, Like, do I, do I say more in week one? But I'm just, I'm sort of playing on the side that he stays healthy a lot longer. Um, I would rather have a guy like him than, I was talking to someone earlier about a, a Darius Slayton, the guy that, you know, he might have a four, a three, a four, then a 22, but you probably didn't play him in the 22. Um, because even when he's healthy, he doesn't give you great production, but he will like every fourth week. Um, I think this guy actually gives you really good production when he's healthy, when he's on the field. So you're going to know if he's on the field before the game starts. So if you have him, I would get him in my flex, in my starting, like whatever. I just think he's going to absolutely tear it up. Um, My bold prediction is him to get 20 plus points in that first week against the Washington football team. Um, I, and I really see him as a, you know, a really big player in the wide receiver sort of rankings. There you go. I, I like that. Uh, you know, and we saw um, week one last season, he went off, didn't he? And then he had that injury, oh. um, which held him um, out for a while there. So, all right, we'll have to revisit that, that one as well. Uh, Quinny, who's your breakout player? Yeah, so I had two players in mind. And because Tay mentioned a wide receiver, I'm going to mention my other one because my other one was going to be a wide receiver as well. But I'm going tight end. I'm going Mike Kosecki, Miami Dolphins. Uh, Last year, he was pretty solid. Uh, He had 570 yards, three touchdowns. He finished pretty strong in fantasy. He's currently on my bench. I'm not being biased. But now that you've got um, two of there, you got Devante Parker, who had a breakout season last year. And tight ends, are, he's got to get the looks. He's got to get some red zone targets. And those rookie quarterbacks always need a security blanket. So I'm thinking Mike Kosecki is a breakout this year at tight end. All right, well, I'll uh, finish us off here. And I actually picked someone who's not in my fantasy team. And Tay, he's actually in, in your fantasy team. So, you know, this could work out for you. Uh, I actually think I'm going to go quarterback here. And I actually think Kyler Murray, I think he's going to have a huge year. Uh, I could honestly see him having maybe not as big of a year as Lamar Jackson had last year, but I could see him having a similar sort of um, year uh, that Jackson had last year. Look, he's got, he's got the similar sort of uh, game. You know, he, he loves to use his legs. Um, he's decent in the pocket as well. And, you know, throw in the Hopkins there as another option for him. Um, you know, plus Larry Fitz is still there, Christian Kirky, you know, some other options as well. I think he's going to have a, have a really good year. Rookie quarterbacks, that's sort of their year to really test it out. And then, um, you know, this second year, and, you know, I keep going back to Lamar Jackson because I think it's going to be similar to that. But I think this year he's going to be um, much more used to uh, playing with that Arizona offense. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a very big year. I actually was hoping to draft him. And uh, Tay, you obviously beat me to him. Uh, so, yeah, Kyler Murray for me, I, I, I think. He's got huge breakout potential. Getting Hopkins is massive. Um, like you said, he's, he's very he's, – he's going into his second year. It, like most quarterbacks get a bump up in their second year anyway, but he's got way more weapons. Um, I just think that team sort of realised they're actually in a position where they can win games. So they're not looking to tank. They're going forward. Um, can I, I'm just going to give one more honourable honourable mention yeah, quickly. Yeah, please do. Please. Um, just another wide receiver, Brandon Cooks. I, I have mentioned him earlier. 
I just I have to have him down as my guy. Like I'm going to call him a my guy. I just think he has got so much potential um, to smash through his ADP as well. Um, I honestly think he's going to be the wide receiver one. He's only really battling Will Fuller, who hasn't really shown that he can be that guy. Um, he's he, he's been great on on other teams, and you know it was only really concussion that took him out last year. And Deshaun Watson needs to eat, and he needs to find someone. And I honestly think Brandon Cooks is going to be a massive player this year. All right, there you go. One of Tay's guys. Uh, another one that he's in your team as well, right? Oh, mate, of course he is. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now uh, moving on to bold predictions. So this could be about a player, about a week, um, whatever you guys want it to be, just something that's bold uh, and that you predict. We'll start with you this time, Quinny. What's your bold prediction for for next season? Uh, My bold prediction is Mac and Breeze will make it to the fantasy grand final and we'll win. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I lost last year. I'll come back with vengeance. (laughs) I've got no comment to that. I'm just going to move on to Tay. Hey, we said bold predictions. I'm, it was either that, that or the that Saints is, that's, the Super Bowl. That's very bold. Very bold. So, I had um, already mentioned DJX for 20 points plus in week one. But you know what? I'm a multi-guy. You know, I love, you know, the odds. I'll, I'll double down and I'll take a second person. Um, <laughs> I think I honestly think God. You're not going to lie. This Godwin's going to absolutely eat against New Orleans in their pass their passing defense. Um, no, Lattimore shutting him down. Yeah, no. but I don't know if I don't think Lattimore will be on him. I think Lattimore will be true. on um, Evans. So yeah, I think in the slot, I just it's not so much. I think he's going to just destroy touchdowns. He's just going to have so many receptions. So my my year long prediction is that Godwin's going to be the reception leader. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to a week one prediction that I think he's going to have 12-plus receptions in week one. Nice. Okay. There you go. Which is pretty pretty bold. Players don't normally get that high, but I reckon he's just going to get so many. Hey, that's what the, the section's called. All right. Yeah. All right uh, into G, into DJX 20-plus. You know, I'll it up. <laughs> All right, well, my bold prediction is going to be about a play that I had last year, and that's Josh Jacobs. My bold prediction is this year he's going to be a top three running back by the end of the season. I think he has got all the tools to be one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, We saw bits and pieces of it last year in his rookie year. Uh, He was amazing. Uh, And I think, you know, he's he's going to get bolt carries like he did last year. I mean, you know, Oakland, or not Oakland anymore, Las Vegas, I should say, they don't really have any any options in the backfield there. So I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a top three running back by the end of the season. That's my bold prediction. I love it. All right. Solid. Sorry for, I, yeah, I, I won't speak too much about it, but I've drafted him in three leagues. I, I reckon he's an absolute slam dunk. He, there's no way he doesn't go forward. People forget because of Kyler when he won the rookie year how good Josh Jacobs actually was. I can't see how he doesn't get more reception work. Um, the coaching staff have come out and said they want to utilise him more. Mm. Um, I, I, I just don't see how he doesn't take a step forward this year either. So I love the call. All right. Well, before we finish, we got we got to talk a little bit NBA, um, especially <laughs> with you, Tay. We know you you're a massive Mavs uh, fan, have been ever since I've known you. Um, I've sort of seen you uh, as a Mavs fan when they tragically lost to the Heat, and then you know, a number of years later came back 
and beat them in the finals there with one of my favorite players of all time, Deshaun Stevenson. He'd been my, my top five players of all time. So oh, I got, gosh. I, I got love for the, for the Mavs there. But, uh, you know, obviously Great they've job. been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, what's your, what was your thoughts on the season? Uh, obviously, we're going to get into Luka Dontich. Uh, what's, what's his ceiling as well, Tay, there? Wait, is, can, can the moon be a ceiling? I, I don't I don't understand how much like there is no ceiling for this guy. Like that there's not really one part of his game that you're worried about. He could probably work on his three point shooting. That's honestly the only thing I could really think of. He makes everyone around him better. He's he's a good guy. Um everyone seems to love playing with him. Um he seems to be from a good family. I know I'm getting really deep on this, but th- there's just nothing wrong with this guy. Like, I could not be happier that the Mavs took a chance by going up in the draft to get him. Um, I, I actually, this is a funny, like, it's not a funny story, but it, like, when when they dra- uh, went up for him, the only other guy, like, I was stoked at the time they did, the only guy in that draft that I was worried about giving up on was Trey Young. So it was one of those drafts where I felt like I got it perfectly right because the only other guy that you you actually would be worried about giving up Luka Doncic for would have been Trey Young because of how yeah. good he's going now. But you, you could not care less. Like They could add 100 draft picks added on top of that and you would take Luka Doncic. He's a generational star. But like, that guy is going to be around for 10, 15 years. And I'll take the Clippers with that star-sided lineup to six games with Luka on one ankle. KP played two and a half games or something. Um like they were literally in the wars. They didn't really have a. They had a third guy. I guess you could say Hardaway, but you know, I think they'll probably let him go either this year or the next. I think he's got an option or something like that. So, I, I could not be happier with that team. They didn't have the talent to go far in the playoffs, but what they showed in that first round against the Clippers showed that their future is so bright. Um, I think next year they'll probably leave what they've got, and then there's a pretty good free agent pool the year after. I know Giannis is up. You never know. Giannis could want to join, like, Doncic and uh, KP. Like, imagine that young core. Like, that would be absurd. They would, they would literally yeah. take over the league for the next 10 years. It would be insane. So, I don't think they'll jump in anything too quick. The only guy I've really liked next year is probably Gallinari. I reckon that would give him that European flavour. You know, play him at the four. I've KP at five and, and Doncic in the one. Like I reckon that's a pretty good looking team, but I don't think they'll rush into it. I like you know, Luke is twenty one, KB's twenty five. You know, they don't have to go nuts with it, but I could not be happier as a Mavs fan if you couldn't tell on my voice. <laughs> oh, I could tell. I could tell for sure. <laughs> uh so playoffs in general, you know, your Mavs are out now. Who's the team that you are sort of picking to go the distance? So I picked the clips before the se- uh, before the playoffs started. Um, I know they showed some signs against the Mavs, but I kind of get that feeling that they're going to be that team that needed that. You know, there's been some teams that have gone far in the playoffs where they've actually struggled in the first round. Um, obviously, Beverly not being there has probably hurt them. They hurt their defense on Luca. Um, I, I haven't seen exactly the report on him, but you know, my assumption is he'll come back at some stage. There is just so much talent. And to me, Kawhi is still the number one guy in clutch moments. Um, I want Kawhi with that last shot. I, I just, 
I don't know if it's his hands or his dreadlocks or just whatever. There's so much swag. He's got swag without actually needing to have swag. He doesn't say a word. He's got the weirdest laugh I've ever seen. It's like a robot. Um, he just finds a way to just get it done in the clutch moments. And I just, I'm taking that. I think Paul George gets better. I don't think he has to be what he was in the regular season for them to win. I think... You know, he copped it a lot in that series because of how shot he was shooting. Um, I, I don't know if they need him to be an all-star, really, to still win. They've just got so much talent. I think it's going to be them and the Lakers in that West Conference. I, I just have this feeling that Kawhi is going to out-duel LeBron and AD at the end. Um, so they're my pick. Um, I was hoping Portland might have taken Lakers a bit further. I was pretty excited by that, and everything sort of just went to shit. Um, Nuggets, Utah was a great series. That was my biggest takeaway. Murray versus Mitchell, I should call it. Yeah. Um, it was, that was absurd. It just came down to the last shot literally today. And um, you, uh, Denver came back from 3-1 down. So they're probably my biggest takeaways. Yeah, nice. Uh, Quinny, what about lately? We, we talk, talked about our, our, the playoffs last uh, last week on, on the podcast briefly. Uh, you know, obviously, Tay mentioned there um, that Denver Nuggets team have advanced there. But uh, any any takeaways you've found in the, in the last week that you wanted to mention? Obviously, our, our boy Melo is now out of the, the playoffs and who knows where he'll be next year. Uh, Portland, he has said he wants to go back to Portland, but, you know, time will tell on that. Uh, yeah, anything you want to you want to mention about the playoffs in the last week or so? Yeah, so firstly, yeah, hopefully Mallow does re-sign or someone picks him up because I think he deserves another contract. I think he played really well with Portland this year. Uh, secondly, I did tip Lakers in the playoffs. I'm still sticking with LeBron and AD, but I'll tell you what I'm liking at the moment. I'm really liking the Heat. The Heat and the Bucks, that's yeah. been an interesting series. Jimmy Buckets... I really like Heat. I'm kind of hoping that they beat the Bucks, So I'm looking forward to that series, that's for sure. And then I'm also really impressed with OKC. Yeah. Thunder, who would have thought that they'd be taking Houston to seven games? And then I love last game how Chris Paul just absolutely balled out. And he's like, that's what happened. I used to play for you boys. You traded me. Cop that. I love that. Oh, my God. I'm honestly thinking OKC beats Houston. Yeah, look, that's Game been seven's a, gonna be massive. Yeah, I mean, that's been a super interesting series. You know, that OKC team was sort of like built to fail, really. Like it was, it was almost like they were, you know, a bit of a rebuild. And now they've, you know, I guess they're somewhat rebuilding because they do have some young players there. Uh, but yeah, CP three has put that team on his back and he did in that in that last game as well. I'd love to see uh, OKC go through that series as well. There, I think. Houston will probably go further in the playoffs if they do uh, come out of that. But I'd like to see um, CP3 get through that as well. Uh, yeah, same, same uh, you know, thoughts about Miami. I, I think they're a team that the East really have to, um, you know, be wary of because Jimmy Butler's looking like he's, he's one of the, um, you know, best players uh, that you can go to late in games or even throughout the whole game, I guess. And I think that's the only thing that sort of scares me about the Bucks is, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, when Giannis can't get anything towards the rim late in games, um, they kind of struggle because, you know, Middleton's not that guy who you can just throw it to the top and, you know, he'll get his, he, you know, he needs someone to create for him. So, I think that one's going to be interesting. I actually think the, the Bucks will probably come out of that series, though. I think it, it could go the distance. Um, 
but you know we'll we'll see. They're obviously in a very difficult situation there. Uh, what do you think about the East, eh? Shit, the Celtics look good. Holy yeah. balls, six and zero. Six and zero. And, and it's it's coaching. Brad Stevens. Oh, I don't know. That guy is just an absolute genius. I. Oh, they, Marcus Smart today hit like five or six threes, which you can't really account for. But like the Raptors were that team that you know were under Nick Nurse that you know weren't meant to get rattled, and I think they're starting to against the Celtics. Like you, you mentioned the Heat, I reckon they're playing absolutely ridiculous at the moment too. But the Celtics are just—I've always said that the playoffs you needed that one guy to go to, but the Celtics are really finding a way to do it by committee. Uh, committee. I forgot how to speak then. It's committee. Um, um, it happens. They, they really are. Like, but they still have a guy like Kemba, like Tatum, you know what I mean? Like They still have guys that can make a shot if they have to, but they don't, ha- they don't have to. That's the point. Like, mm. You know, they can spread it around and all score 18-20 and not actually have to focus on one guy. So it makes it hard for the defense. You know, they can't just put all their attention on um, Giannis or they can't put all their attention on Kawhi. They actually have to guard seven guys. So it's, it's it's actually pretty miraculous what they're doing at the moment. And they look so good and they're 2-0 up. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying the Raptors can't come back. But, um, yeah, I think it's probably going to be Bucks celtics in that East final. Um, I would like to still say the Bucks get through. I had Bucks clips as the NBA finals at the start. So I'll stick with it. But I'm, I'm seeing some real sort of fractures in the Bucks at the moment that I'm a bit worried about. I was always worried, like you said, Tiz, about Giannis at the end of games. If he can't get to the rim and people just foul him and he's an absolute turd free throw shooter. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's almost a liability out there sometimes when they, have to, when they can foul him. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think I'm going to take the Bucks, but it's going to be close and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Celtics up uh, in the NBA finals. All right. Well, just to finish up, because I'm wary of time here. Don't want to take too much yep. of your time, Tay. Uh, look, we always talk a bit of pop culture on the, the podcast as well. Uh, you know, a lot of people because of COVID and whatnot have been at home a lot more than they're used to. you got to give us a, a, a recommendation. Is there a TV series? I know you're a father, so you're probably watching, like I sort of said in the chat, a lot of Peppa Pig and and whatever the kids watch these days. <laughs> is, there, is there something you've been binging or you've been watching that you'd like to share with us? Mate, Moana's a house favourite with the uh, kids. <laughs> um, Maui, Maui, Moana, what's not to love? And Wiggles gets a massive run. Um, I've got a little rankings of the Wiggles. I've got Simon at four, Lockie <laughs> at three, Anthony at two, and Emma at one. Emma's an absolute clear one. She just absolutely shits all over the rest of them. I don't, it took them too long to actually put a woman in there. She's absolutely dominant. Um, I'm pretty boring when I come to my shows. <coughs> Sorry, bit of a cough. Um, I'm pretty boring when it comes to my shows. Um, I like my friends in Seinfeld. You know, I I binge watch them, even though I've seen every episode a thousand times. Um, I'm into my shows like SVU Criminal Minds. Um, okay. Just oh, sort nice. of that, like sort of that sort of you know cop sort of you know chasing down bad guys shows. Um, I'm massively into my like detective, you know, crime solving shows. So I've got one for you. So I don't know if you guys are into that. So much. Yeah, no, itself, I can definitely definitely work. Yeah, go work for it. That. Hit us. So one show my wife and I just absolutely love, like anytime they bring out a new season, we find it. It's called See No Evil. Um okay. so basically it's it's like a it's a crime show where they try and solve a crime 
but they do it mostly through CTV footage. So, like, you know, they obviously do a bit of police work as well, but um, they actually have to rely a bit on um, footage and they piece together their cases through it. So you sort of watch, like, live actual footage of crime. Like, it's not normally the crime happening on TV, but it's, like, little things that piece together the crime um, through the through the CTV footage. CCTV, sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Um, so, yeah, they piece it together that way. So it's actually a pretty cool show and... You know, it's one of those ones where you don't really find out who to bat it, like, you know, who who did the crime till right at the end. So you're always guessing the whole way. And so, like, me and my wife actually really like that. So it's one that a lot of people probably haven't heard of. It's I don't. It's on Nine now, the app, because um, it actually pops up on Win like, at late night. Um, I don't think it's, it's not on Netflix or anything, but it's if you can look it up, it's actually a really cool show. Um I got into Ozark for a bit, like everyone did. I, I, nice. I gave it a couple of seasons. Um, I just I lost a little bit of interest. I think I don't want to get out too many spoilers or anything, but you know they'd sort of dealt with everything, the issue with the main character, um, and I sort of almost lost interest where that was going to go after that. In saying that, I, I think I enjoy Jason Bateman more in comedies. Um, don't get me wrong, I love Jason Bateman. He's top five for me. I reckon he's an absolute goat. I love him. Like I don't know what it is about him. He just has that sort of charisma and you know, even when he's in a serious role, he sort of still brings a comedic comedic sort of style to it. Mm-hmm. Um I I love him, but I still prefer him in those comedic roles. So I don't know if I sort of look down on that a little bit because of that. Um so yeah, they're sort of the ones I'm sort of watching at the moment. Love it. Well, you know, given something for me to watch, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, Tate, thanks for joining us. Like, we've taken up plenty of your time. Appreciate having a chat. It was good to talk um, all things fantasy and a bit of NBA there as well. We're going to have to get you on the podcast uh, throughout the... For sure. Uh, thanks. Yeah, it was awesome. For sure. So, uh, thanks for joining us, Tay. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. Like I said, I've been an avid listener and I love the content you guys put out. So, thanks for giving me the time of day and listening to an old man talk. <laughs> anytime we'll uh yeah we'll be back next week for a, for another podcast as i'm sure you can send us in some questions if you want us to talk about anything i'm at samuel finlay on instagram quinny you're s quinny 91 on instagram yep and you can follow us sizzle and quinny on instagram as well uh tell your brother your mother your sister tell everyone about Aunty, the podcast. uncles grandparents second cousins you know everyone tell the fam We'll be seeing you next week, but we won't be seeing you. We'll be talking to you. Okay, so here's what you've been expecting, my full-on Luca-gasm. I'm taking you back to a young 10, 11-year-old Taylor. He's six foot already, has pimples, he's fat, still am ugly as shit, probably still am, uh, and he's watching a young Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash play together. They absolutely start my love affair with the Dallas Mavericks, and I think nothing could be better than this. They have some great years, they have some tough losses, but I absolutely love them. Move forward 18 years, Dirk's looking to retire, I think this whole world is going to crumble on top of me, and then they go ahead and get a guy like Luca. We're probably going to have the best two European players of all time in my generation, which is absolutely unbelievable. 
I could not be happier with the uh, outlook for the Dallas Mavericks moving forward. And I can't wait to see what Luka Doncic and KP do together and see what they bring. The guy is 21 years old and he averaged 31, 10 and 9 whilst on a bad ankle without his sidekick for a big chunk of the first round series at 21 years old. What were we doing at 21? Probably getting the lights turned on us at Blue Note at 5am, stumbling home through Wollongong Mall. My kids are now Luca 1 and Luca 2. The dude makes everyone around him better. I'm so glad that Mavs took a chance and traded up on him because it's a franchise-defining move. Bang.